Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown, where we provide two updates each week on this channel. And on Sundays, our message premieres at 1 p.m. And then on Wednesday, our messages premiere at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is No Pain, No Gain. And we'll be looking at uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, just four verses, verses 24 through 28, which will finish up chapter 16. Now, as the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts typically have a a prophecy thread. We love answering questions related to Bible prophecy. If you have a question on prophecy or the Bible for that matter, just send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's how we get a lot of the topics, particularly for our Wednesday updates. Now, you've likely heard the words, no pain, no gain. I've, <laughs> I've heard them often. You may not be able to, uh, to, to notice it looking at me, but I used to be a, a pretty good athlete. You know, whether it was lifting weights, wind sprints, running laps around the football field, often the coach or someone on the sidelines would be yelling out, no pain, no gain. Often I would also hear the words, dig, 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 as if I could dig in somewhere to some extra reserve to be able to, to, to put enough effort to be able to gain what I needed to gain. Now, the whole idea is this, is that substantial effort and hard work is necessary in order to achieve the desired outcome. And I think a lot of us would agree with that in many respects, in many respects. We'll see how this no pain, no gain fits into our scripture today. You know, when you think about it, the Apostle Paul compares the Christian walk also uh, to that of an athlete. Uh, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, as he says, well, he compares the Christian walk uh, to a race. Um, this is what he says. He says that believers should run in a way to win the prize. He emphasizes the discipline, the self-control, the focused effort that's needed in order for an athlete to be victorious. This concept of endurance was also highlighted by Paul in his letter to Timothy, the second letter, Paul states that he has fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. You know, Paul easily could have been using the words, no pain, no gain in any one of these scriptures. And the idea is that like athletes, we're called to persevere through challenges and hardships in our faith today. So let's get to our scripture, just four verses. Our text is from Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Uh, let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it a man that gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what is a man to be given in exchange for his soul? 
for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, there is some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the King of the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, the reason I've titled my message today, um, No Pain, No Gain, is because the whole idea of sacrifice, denying self, changing the desires of things, desire for things, to desire of the things and people of God, is often, all too often, at odds with contemporary Christianity. Now, listen to me as I explain this. The prevailing culture of Western Christianity is reflected in our, our church life, where we often are focused on self-centered, self-indulgent, self-seeking, and egocentric lives. It sounds pretty harsh, I'm sure. Uh, that's exactly my point, however. Christianity is not supposed to be comfortable. That's why Jesus tells us in these verses to pick up the cross. You know, there are many people who wish to identify themselves with Jesus Christ. There are many people that call themselves Christians. They, their whole perspective often is that they're in it for what they can get out of it. You know, Christianity all too often is defined as easy grace. And unfortunately, Jesus often is turned into some type of a Santa Claus or a magical genie who gives us good things when we ask, when we rub the magic lamp. And I'm not talking about the obvious, you know, the prosperity gospel preachers and churches. Sure, they'll tell you that Jesus will make you healthy, wealthy, and rich. Uh, but that sentiment or theology is actually not just lost on the few, just the prosperity preachers, not at all. In our evangelical churches, Jesus and future happiness is often juxtaposed against the problems of your life. You can be a, a better version of yourself, a better husband, a better wife, a better businessman, a better career politician, or even a better athlete. And it isn't that the scripture that supports these claims is misquoted. It's just that the scripture is not framed in the proper perspective that Jesus wants us to have. The Bible tells us that if we come to Jesus, we will receive, absolutely, amen. We receive forgiveness from sins. We receive grace upon grace. We receive God's mercy. But Jesus tells us that there's pain before gain. No pain, no gain. And there's a cross before the crown. Then there'll be persecution before we get the robes of righteousness. Now, these ver four verses we read today are actually critical in our thinking. It's, I think it's critical in understanding what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There will be pain, there will be suffering, and yes, there will be loss. Now, it isn't as if Jesus had just said this for the first time here in chapter 16. You know, going all the way back to Matthew chapter 10 that we preached on a few months ago, Jesus told his disciples something very similar. In, chapter, in verse 7 of chapter 10, he says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, or he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Then in the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 10, Jesus has this conversation, what we know as the rich young ruler. And the scripture said that Jesus loved him. He was trying to do everything he needed to do to be right with God. 
But then Jesus said this. He says, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You know, all of us are not called to sell everything we possess. We're not all called to leave our family if our family is hindering our walk. But Jesus is letting us know in this Christian walk, in being a disciple, in following Jesus, often remember these words, no pain, no gain. You know, I'm a, I'm a city boy. I, I was born in the city. I grew up in the city, maybe the suburbs. And, and, but I, I learned a little bit about farming uh, from what I read in the Bible. In John chapter 15, for example, Jesus talks about being the vine. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. And every branch that does, not, does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, my friends, I'm here to tell you that pruning is not pleasant, but it is fruitful and it's often necessary. Let's go back and specifically look at the text. Jesus is teaching us a very important principle and it's revealed actually through a few paradoxes. In, chapter, in verse 25, for example, Jesus says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh, does that make sense? Well, if you talk with your Christian friends, and I'm talking about those that are committed, that are faithful, that are serving, that are prayerful, these are the ones we can learn from. If you ask them about their journey, they may tell you something like this. Well, I was going away to college, I was partying and, uh, partying, and I was into partying and girls, uh, but then I encountered Jesus. And those friends that I thought I had, I lost. But during that struggle, during that time, I also met my wife, who was a Christian. You know, missionaries, pastors, and evangelists often didn't grow up wanting to be missionaries, pastors, and evangelists. A few did, but many of them that I know, that's not how they grew up. It was a later calling. They actually wanted to be engineers. They wanted to be doctors, lawyers, or they wanted to be in the family business. But God called. And God called them, and when God calls, we follow. And we follow God regardless of how inconvenient or how difficult or how contrary it is to what our families, here's the key into mother and father, want for us. You know, today, if you ask young people, if you ask young people in, in high school, for example, or in middle school, uh, when they grew up, what they want to be. You know, when, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, people, the guys wanted to be uh, policemen and firemen and, and girls wanted to be nurses and they wanted to be mothers. If you ask people today, young people today, what they want to be when they grow up, these two answers come, come to the top. In fact, almost 50% of all the young people asked, what do they want to be when they grow up, answered with these two remarks. They wanted to be famous or they wanted to be a social media influencer. Now, if you don't know what a social media influencer, it's those that post a lot of selfies, a lot of pictures of themselves, and they have millions of followers. Now, Jesus is saying to them in verse 26, what profit is it for a, a man, a young man, or a woman, or a college student, if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul, 
what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the context here is, is key. Jesus, at the time that this is being written, at the time that Jesus is uh, saying this, he's speaking to his disciples. His disciples are Jewish, and the Jewish people were in expectation of a Messiah, the Messiah would somehow arrive. He would overthrow the Romans. He would replace Herod as king. He would reestablish the kingdom of Israel with all of its glory. This was the Messiah that they were waiting for. And because of this, it was extremely difficult for these disciples and the people in, in Israel to consider the humility of Jesus, the servanthood of Jesus, Jesus was the one that even if he was given the opportunity to be king at the time, he would have rejected it. Yet these disciples of Jesus had been following Jesus for two, maybe two and a half years at the time that Jesus is saying this to them in, in Matthew. They had seen his miracles. Uh, they had seen uh, they had seen Jesus walking on the water and with his voice be able to still the wind and the waves. They, they heard his amazing sermons and how he, he confronted people about, about sin. And, and they were amazed at what he was able to do. Now Peter, just before this, had acknowledged what they had all come to know, that Jesus indeed was the Messiah. He was the son of the living God. And so likely they were willing to consider that perhaps all of the things that they were expecting may not happen exactly in the order that they were expecting it, but somehow they still believe that it would happen. This is exactly why um, in verse, just, just last week, we read verse 21 of this chapter, and it said this, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Jesus was telling them to change their expectations. In essence, Jesus was saying, no pain, no gain. Now, more than anyone, Jesus was saying um, that there was something different about what is expected of the Messiah, and Jesus was saying there was something different about was it what was expected to be a disciple. You know, I, I don't know why Jesus had to die such a horrible death. It's been asked me before, and I, I know what uh, you know theologians have to say. I can only quote the scriptures that tell us that he did and that it was for our salvation. Jesus, my friends, told us this. He said, in this world, we will have tribulation. But then he said, take courage, for I have overcome the world. You see, you may be living a life like me that's relatively comfortable. Like me, you may realize that despite everything you may have given up, you've been given so much more, and I, I thank God for that. God bless you. But understand, this is something we have to understand that for many, or for perhaps us in the near future, we will be asked this simple question, who do we serve? And when we're asked that question, be sure that the only answer that comes out of your mouth is that it's Jesus. It's Jesus that we serve. My friends, he is coming back soon. Be sure to be serving Jesus. Amen. 
Let's go ahead and pray. So, Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to uh, be able to finish up God, the chapter 16 in Matthew. We thank you for these words of Jesus. We realize that he is calling us to a walk that's worthy of him to be able to, to pick up the cross and to follow him. And we thank you for that. We pray, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem, and we give you all the praise. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.